Father, thanks for, thanks for tonight. Thank you for this time together. Thank you, Father, for um, that we have family here because you are a father of a family. And uh, thank you, God, that as our hearts have been um, just taken by you, literally taken by you, taken in by you, that um, our heart has found a home in you. Thanks, God, for the sweetness, the tenderness already of tonight. I'm so grateful, so grateful. And asking you, Holy Spirit, to continue to uh, be yourself here. We give you permission to uh, exalt, to elevate, uh, make Jesus very, very clear in our midst. We love you so much. Amen. Amen. Well, we're, we're in the middle of pre- preaching through the book of Acts. And uh, we've gone through first maybe chapter and a half. And so tonight, before I go into tonight's message, um, I'm going to watch a video, and then I'm going to tell you what, what I'm going to preach on tonight, okay? This is going to be, this is going to be an uh, intro into the book of Acts. Uh, we actually showed this a couple weeks ago. We, I have no idea how many weeks ago. It's all a blur. A couple weeks ago. And, um, and, but this time, I'm going to play the video a little bit longer, because here's the thing. We're all pretty visual, so speaking is good, and you'll pick up some things, but a lot of you will get a lot out of just watching this and remembering what the book of Acts is about. One of the earliest accounts about Jesus of Nazareth, his life, death, and resurrection, was written by a man named Luke. We know it as the Gospel of Luke, but Luke continued the story in a second volume called the book of Acts, and it's all about what Jesus continued to do after his resurrection. Acts begins with the disciples who are hanging out with Jesus, who's just come back to life, which is mind-blowing to imagine. And then for weeks, the risen Jesus kept teaching them about his upside-down kingdom, the new creation that he launched through his death and resurrection. This is exciting stuff, and the disciples are ready to go tell the world. But then Jesus tells them to wait and to stay in Jerusalem until they receive a new kind of power so they can be faithful witnesses to Jesus and his kingdom. Then he says that their mission is going to begin in Jerusalem, then move out to Judea and Samaria, and then from there out into the nations. It's like a roadmap for the whole book of Acts. Then the disciples saw Jesus enthroned as king of all creation. So the disciples wait, wondering when this power is going to come. And then comes the time of Pentecost. So this is an ancient Israelite festival it's during the early summer, and thousands and thousands of Jewish pilgrims would come back to Jerusalem from all over the world, all these different languages and cultures colliding in the city. And the disciples are together in a house, which is suddenly filled with rushing wind along with fire. Fire splinters off into tongues of fire hovering over people's heads. What's this all about? Yeah, so Luke is tapping into a repeated Old Testament theme. When God's presence showed up similarly at Mount Sinai, He made a covenant with Israel and gave them the Ten Commandments. Then later, when God's glory came in a pillar of fire, it filled the tabernacle when he came to live among them. That was just one pillar of fire, not many. Exactly. Luke's making an important point here. This is God's personal temple presence, God's spirit that was foretold by Israel's prophets. And now it's come to take up residence in the new temple of Jesus' body, that is, his people. They've become little mobile temples where God now dwells. And they start to tell stories about Jesus, but they're speaking in languages that they didn't know before, yet all the visitors can understand them. What's this all about? Well, Peter gets up to explain that this is the fulfillment of Israel's hopes based on the scriptures. God's plan was always to use the unified family of Abraham to bring peace and justice to the world. But the tribes of Israel had been scattered because of the exile. Now here at Pentecost, representatives from all of the tribes come back together and they're introduced to their Messiah, the crucified and risen Jesus, so they can now become the restored people of Israel. And thousands of them start following the way of Jesus. Which brings us to... Which brings us to right here. I know, look at you guys, come on. You can watch this on YouTube, by the way. It's called The Bible Project, and they have a lot of amazing videos on there. So you could look that one up later. Just put Book of Acts, and it'll come up. Um, So last week, uh, two weeks ago, I talked about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the, the, the wind, the fire, all of a sudden, you know, being filled, uh, all the followers being filled, and this being a dramatic event. Last week, David came and talked about uh, tongues. Pastor David uh, Kim talked about speaking in tongues and that, that gift and what it's all for. Again, this is all on podcast if you're interested. 
And before I go on with tonight's message, I wanted to share one really fascinating um, experience I had um, as a as a believer, as a follower of Jesus. I had already been filled with the Spirit. I had I had already spoken in tongues for uh, quite a few years. And one night, I was at uh, an event. It was actually a youth um, conference, and and uh, it was one of those nights where where the the worship was just taking us so so deep, and so in this place I'm kind of getting lost in a good way, lost in the Lord and feeling His presence, and um, and then suddenly I start I was already worshiping Him, and then suddenly I'm starting to speak in in tongues, but in a language in another language that that was different from any of the other tongues I'd ever spoken before. It was very it sounded very very different. And I didn't know what was going on, but as I was speaking, um, suddenly I see the Lord shows me um, a chief uh, of a, a, a tribal chief. I say tribal, I don't really know what kind of a tribe because it was actually in Greenland of all places. Like this is just so you know, when these things happen, um, don't just push this away like, oh, that's my imagination. Like I'm in the middle of worship getting lost somewhere and then I'm going to come up with one of my own tongues and think about Greenland. I don't think so. I wasn't where I, what I was thinking. It wasn't where I was going at all. I was just enjoying the Lord. Suddenly, what, what it is, is, is that we're filled. It just, you just saw how we are his temples, right? We are his living temples, which means when we say yes to him and we want more of him, he says, cool, because there's times I'm just going to bring things to you, and you're going to pray things, and sometimes you won't even know what you're praying, but you're, but you're serving my purposes. My kingdom is being expanded. This was one of those times. And I knew I could see this chief. I can tell you right on the map where it was. I mean, approximately, if I could draw a little circle. And, and I was interceding for this chief of this, of this tribe in Greenland. Now, whether I will ever go there or not, like I have, you know, I have this, these fun thoughts, like maybe someday I'll end up in Greenland and I'll be there and it'll all be reenacted. But you know what? Maybe not. Maybe that will never happen. Maybe what happened that day was all the Lord needed me to do. And I don't know exactly what it was about. It was very special. It was very intense in a good way. And I knew some really good things were happening as I was praying, you know, of course, praying salvation and uh, just to know Jesus um, and whatever, whatever they needed. So anyway, I just wanted to share that with you because, um, because, again, God can encounter us in so many different ways. And I will tell you that you... You can't make encounters happen. You can't just sit there and really, really want encounters really bad, and so therefore it's going to happen right now. That's, that's not typically the way it works at all. What you can do, though, is position yourself, meaning your heart, wanting him, wanting whatever he wants for you. Now you've put yourself in a place where things are just going to happen at times. And, and like right then, I was not expecting that at all. It just happened. So I just want to encourage you... Um, you know, a lot of times we will look at each other's experiences and think, well, I wish I was like them. I wish I was like them. God knows how to bless you. He knows he's a good father. He knows how to touch your heart the way your heart needs to be touched. You don't want somebody else's experience. You want yours. And sometimes we validate others. Like the one I just explained to you, you might think, wow, that's great. I wish I had an experience like that. And yet you might discount the very things that are happening to you because they seem I don't know, insignificant or less than. And there is no such thing as less than. Every encounter with God is significant. Everyone. And the more we value it, the more we're actually enjoying the relationship with him. I don't know if this is making sense, but if you, because if we're wanting somebody else's experience, we're kind of saying, Lord, I think I feel like I'm getting passed over. He's like, oh, sweetie, if you just knew, you men are sweeties too, okay? If you just knew if you just would open up your eyes a little bit and see, I just did that for you, and I just gave you that experience, but you just kind of pushed it aside because it wasn't like this experience you heard about. The more we start enjoying him and valuing those experiences, that the, the deeper we will go in our, our friendship and our enjoyment of him, which is really what it's all about, right? Okay, that was kind of cool. And so... Here's, I want to talk tonight about being filled with a purpose, filled for a purpose, with a purpose also, filled for a purpose. So where we're at right now in the story, we're going to go into in the second chapter of Acts still. And um, where we're at is that, as, as I just said, the Spirit has just come in, in a powerful way, 
in a way that was very symbolic of, way, of the way the Lord had come very dramatically in the past. Only this time, it was to inaugurate an entirely new um, journey that we're all going to be on, Christ in us. Christ in us. It, changed, it was a total game changer. Everything now is from the inside out, not out there somewhere. And, um, and so then, then they're speaking in tongues. Uh, so suddenly they're filled with the Spirit. They're speaking in tongues. People are like going, what is going on? This is where we're going to pick up the story. And in Acts 2.12, they, meaning the ones that were watching all this uh, with the disciples that were filled with the Spirit, they, they were all shocked and completely at a loss. And they said to each other, what? Does it all mean? Why is this significant? Because because their brains couldn't comprehend it. Are you getting this? <laughs> Meaning, when God when God shows up, you're not going to always get it. We always want to intellectualize everything. Well, and that's what the age of reason has done. It's taught us that to value things only if you can intellectually understand it all. Then it has value. No, there's going to be many things that the Lord does that your brain is not going to initially, at least, be able to understand and sometimes never fully understand. And so, um, and, and God seems to be okay with that. Isn't that interesting? God seems to be okay with doing things that you and I are not going to understand. <laughs> and not feeling any need to have to explain everything to you. You'll, get, you'll understand some of it. If you ask him, he'll show you some of the secrets. It's not, he's not, you know, he's, he's a great dad. But I'm saying if he's because, not if, because he's infinite, because he's his infinite goodness and everything, how on earth do we think we're going to understand it all? That's a little bit silly. Um, there's always going to be things we don't understand, and he's okay with that. God's okay with that. Next verse, others poked fun and said, they're drunk on sweet new wine. Now, what that tells me, first of all, you have to read into the story a little bit. There's a reason why they said that. You know why? Because they were acting like people that were really drunk. <laughs> you, have to read in, you have to read a little bit into the story to realize why would they be accusing them of that unless they were kind of being silly and like crazy and what's going on. Uh, and so that was the best, ex- because they didn't know what was going on, they just grabbed for something they could try to understand. Well, they must be drunk. Um, I want to ask, I've done this before, but it's been a lot of years. I want to I ask Sheila, if you would come up here, would, would you mind? <laughs> and Henry, I'm going to pick on you too. You come after Sheila. <laughs> She's like, Sheila was like so enjoying this. First of all, I have to say about Sheila, she's an amazing person, and um, even tonight, I saw, I watched tonight, later, at the, towards the end, I saw she was going so, so deep. Um, and so that when worship was over, she just wanted to kind of, this is what I saw, Sheila, is that she just wanted to just kind of melt into the chair and just be. So that's probably one of the reasons why she didn't want to be here up here right now. She's probably still in that place. So... Some of you, as you're worshiping, especially if you're newer here, you're like, I'm hearing some noises. I'm hearing some. And Sheila's one of those. Henry's one of those. There's a few others. I love, by the way, I love these noises because these expressions. Sorry, not, you know, well, they are noises. Everything's a noise. But expressions of, of, of God's presence. Because I know these people and because I've known them for a very long time and because I know their hearts are good and because I've seen the fruit of their lives and I've seen what God has done. But for people walking in here, sometimes it's a little bit unusual. They're like, what are you doing? How come I'm hearing these sounds? And so every once in a while, I just like to have them come up and explain what's going on. (laughs) So Tina, I'm looking at Tina back here. Sheila. So tonight, in fact, in fact, I'll, I'll tell you when one of them happened because I, I took a picture, not of you, I took a picture of, of the words of a song because it seemed like God's spirit was really moving when we said, put me anywhere, just put your glory in me. I'll serve anywhere, just let me see your beauty. That was one of the times where I just felt the room go, and then I heard more sounds. Almost as if there's a direct correlation and that God is here and moving in our midst. Oh, wait, that's, what's, that's exactly what's happening. So what are you feeling and what do you want to say?
<laughs> I love you, First Grace. of all, thank you so much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Well, maybe we should start with the fact that, in case you can't tell, I grew up in England. <laughs> and, you know, in England, we're kind of reserved and... Some people think snobbish and arrogant, but it's more like, you know, we like to not be noticed kind of thing. Ha-ha. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's kind of how I was. Still am, really. I mean, I am an introvert, believe it or not. Ha-ha. <laughs> yeah, and so some of this is God's sense of humor. <laughs> um, some of it is him breaking off of me the fear of man. <laughs> Some of it is um, caring more about what he thinks of me than what other people do. And um, because it's all about him. Mm -hmm. It's not me, it's him. And it was actually, because I wasn't like this before. (laughs) (laughs) And even when I first got saved, I wasn't like this. And even when I sat in church trying to hide at the back, I wasn't like this. Mm. I used to sit and cry a lot, though. Mm. And I didn't really know back then what that meant, and I didn't ask anybody, um, being that shy English girl. And um, I just knew it was him, though. There was a lot of healing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in 2002... Um, I went to a healing conference and I'd never been to anything like that before and I didn't even need any healing but I felt I should go and um, it was a little church because back then there wasn't a lot of that stuff um, which I later found out was the river (laughs) Uh and um, in 2002 there was a young 24 year old guy who came from Canada, and I'd only planned on going the first night, and I thought I'll be done after that. I ended up going to every session, because I had never heard anyone talk like he did about um, angels and encounters with God and going to heavenly places and visions and transportation in the spirit and all, all the supernatural stuff. You know, that I had never heard anybody talk about. And his wife, she had to be held up because she was one of those, what you just (laughs) talked about. She was drunk, right? But not alcohol. I mean, and I'd never seen anybody like that before either. (sighs) I mean, I'd had people not long before that lay hands on and I'd fallen out you know, by the power of the Spirit. I had just recently experienced that at another church I went to. But this stuff that they had, all I knew was I wanted it. And God had had me praying for the Spirit of wisdom and revelation. And I was praying for it, but I really didn't know what it meant Mm -hmm. at that time, to be honest. And it was at the last meeting um, on the Sunday morning, like regular church, not just the conference thing. And he got up there, and nobody was laying hands on me or anything, but he prayed for the spirit of wisdom and revelation, and for those who wanted it to stand up. Well, I just knew it was for me, because it was what I'd been praying for. And I was just total... Reaching up, surrender, (laughs) and that's when it happened. Mm. I can only describe it as being like a lightning bolt from heaven that hit me. And this kind of stuff started happening. And I would literally be at home by myself, and I would lay on the carpet, because this is when I learned from him about soaking, and I would just lay on the carpet for hours at a time, And I'd be what was termed shaking and baking, Mm -hmm. which would be I'd lay on the floor and I'd just be shaking. And I didn't really know what was happening. I just knew that it was Jesus. And so if it was Jesus, I wanted it. 
And my eyes were open. I was seeing visions. His eyes would... Whoa! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> he, oh, the whole time it was happening, it was his eyes were looking at me. And I would drive in my car, and I would see Jesus on the throne. I mean, it was open-eye visions, not just closed-eye visions. I'd never had him in my life before. And I would just drive down the road, and this kept going and going. And I honestly thought it was always going to be that way, that it would never change. I'd just be looking at Jesus when I drove on the throne. (laughs) You know, and... He was touching me even when I drove, and, oh, I mean, I was just, couldn't get enough of him. As soon as I got home from work, I didn't care about eating. I just wanted to lay on the carpet and have him just do whatever he was doing. Because, to be perfectly honest, I mean, when he touched me, I was the closest I could feel to him. But what happened was I went back to that church, like to regular Sunday morning services and things and midweek services. And there were actually those same people that I thought were my friends who'd been at the conference and it was all okay when it was happening at the conference, but now it was happening in church. And those same people were trying to cast demons out of me now. Even though they prayed, come Holy Spirit, when he came in a way that wasn't how they wanted him or thought it was him, then they rejected. Yeah, it was very painful and scary. And so I asked Holy Spirit, I said... Why are you doing this to me? You know how these people are going to react to me. Now, remember, this is back in 2002. It's way, this was not blazing fire. Um, it was before I came here. And I asked him, why are they doing this? You, why are you doing this? You know that they're going to react this way when you do this with me in front of them. So Why? And he said to me, do you want me to stop? Whoa. And I thought about it, because it would be nice not to have these people (laughs) trying to cast demons out of me that I didn't have, and um, to be accepted again, to be liked again. But then when I thought about it, it was like... When you're with me like this, it's the closest I feel to you. And so I said, no, I don't want you to stop. You can do whatever you want, whenever you want, no matter where I am or who I'm with or what they think about it. And I've never taken that back. Oh. Um, have I gone other places back then? Because it wasn't that common. You have to remember those manifestations back then. It's not like now. You know, back then it wasn't very common, you know. And it wasn't too long after that. God did release me from that church, thankfully. And I did come to Blazing Fire, which I believe was in 2003. Um, Oh, And gratefully, that never happened to me (laughs) and hasn't happened to me since, (laughs) Um, here anyway. But um, now, what is he doing? Well, sometimes, you know, it's intercession. Sometimes it's, um, he sent me to conferences, other places, you know, to other churches that aren't like Blazing Fire and the ones that are spirit-filled. And... I know he's doing it deliberately to offend the religious spirit because the religious spirit doesn't like this stuff. (laughs) And that actually makes me happy (laughs) 
Because, you know, Jesus sits in the heavenlies and he laughs at our enemies. So when that joy and that laughter comes on us, oh, which I love that, <laughs> um, I'm joining him in laughing at our enemies together. You know? And to be honest, I love it when I'm drunk in the spirit. <laughs> Because then I don't care what anybody thinks. (laughs) I don't care what they think. And you won't believe some of the things I say when I'm drunk. (laughs) I make myself laugh. (laughs) He's so much fun, you know. He tells the best jokes. You know, sometimes if I'm laughing, I couldn't tell you why I'm laughing because you wouldn't understand. Because it's something personal that only me and him get that he makes me laugh. And if I told you, you wouldn't think it was funny. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe. (laughs) Um, Oh... So, yeah, as for the, the hoe, hmm, well, that came later, and, you know, by this time, I had actually found these little pockets of little, little tiny churches, kind of smaller than this one, most of them, of people who were like me, <laughs> um, and, They'd have these special conference speakers and everything they'd bring in. And it was okay to be like this, and everybody was like it. And um, I loved going there. I really felt like I belonged, and that was family for me. Still do. And um, this hoe started coming out. And nobody back then was doing any of that. I'd never heard anybody do hoe. I hear it a lot now. You know, like Henry (laughs) and Lynn, yeah. (laughs) So thank you guys for joining me. (laughs) But, um, haha, I guess that's the cost of being a forerunner. Oh. (laughs) So, yeah, so I was at this little church in Stockton that I used to go visit. (laughs) And, um, this whole thing started happening, and I started getting the funny looks again. And so I'm like, okay, so what's this? What does that mean, you know? Well, it's in the Bible. If you go to um, the New King James Version, because it's not in all versions, but it's in Isaiah 55, verse 1, the first word is Ho. And the rest of that verse is ho, those who are thirsty come and drink. Those who have no money can come and eat. So, what this is doing is actually an announcement, a declaration saying that if you're hungry and thirsty for him, ho, come, because the river's right. Oh, here. <laughs> And I'm trying to stand up in it. Thank you. (laughs) Oh. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Do you want me to tell them the others what the others are? The ha ha. (laughs) Okay. So ha ha is also in the Bible. (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) I ask him for this stuff. And it's in the book of Psalms, but again, only certain versions, and I honestly can't tell you, remember which ones. But the gist of it is that it's, um, it's a, oh, <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> whoa, it's the, ho, oh. <laughs> it's the horses, it's the horses, you know, in the army, oh, and they're announcing and they're chomping at the bit because they want to go to the battle. Ho! 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 So it's ha ha. 
<laughs> if you're one of the horses, or you're riding one of the horses, then you're not running away from the enemy. You're actually going into charge because you know that the battle's ours. We win. So you're excited about the battle. Ho! Oh! So that's the ha ha. <laughs> And the other one I do is cha-cha. <laughs> now, I haven't found that in the Bible. <laughs> Not yet, anyway. <laughs> um, whoa, but some years ago, I was told that my Af- no, American Indian name is Dancing Water. Cha-cha. And when I was told that, driving home that night... I saw me and Jesus, whoa, running on the water together. Ha ha, as a vision as I was driving home. Open eye driving, but I don't know how he does it, but he gets me home. And um, so, see, because we're called out of the boat to walk on water, which he's done with me before. And we're also like, to run on water, you know, like you saw in the movie The Shack, was it, you know? Um, But the cha-cha is the dancing, because when you're dancing on the water, you're dancing on the enemy's head (laughs) to get to the other side. So that's also pretty funny. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Hey Matthew, you want to come help? Help Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Sheila. So can you imagine them saying, they must be drunk? Hmm. And yet it's the very same spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't change. Um, there are so many different expressions of the spirit. First of all, I want to explain one thing that Sheila said, just to put context to it. When she said, when she talked about laughing in places where, uh, there's a re- that, where the religious spirit gets offended... I know Sheila well enough to know what she exactly what she's saying, but we're not talking about people. We're talking about a spirit. I just want to make that really clear. Because as soon as there's arrogance, as soon as there's, well, we have something they don't, that's not the kingdom anymore. That's, you've, just, you've just left love behind. So it's not about that at all. I just, but I love uh, Sheila talking about just, just saying yes to God. And your yes to God, you don't really know where that's going to take you. Sheila didn't know it was going to take her to, you know, some of the expressions and the things she's experienced. But let me tell you something else about Sheila. Um, we've been, we were out, a group of us, many years ago at, at Hacienda Crossings, where the movie theater is, where Starbucks is in Dublin. And, and Sheila, who was often, I would say, pretty drunk in the spirit there, meaning very overcome, overtaken by the spirit. Um, This is not an exaggeration. In the years we were out there, and and I know this is all the Lord, but it was through someone who said yes, that that Sheila prayed for hundreds of people who came to Jesus, were filled with the spirit, and uh, more miracles than than we really can remember. There was one night where it was a whole football team. Remember? A whole football team. Yeah, then they keep coming back. So she's, since I have the microphone, I'll just, I'll just uh, repeat what she said, which is that, that this football team, they, we kind of found them out there one night. A uh, bunch of them got healed of all kinds of you know, ankle things and back things and whatever. And so then they started coming back and looking for us and bringing their friends to get healed. We were having church out in, in uh, Regal Theater, you know, out in front of the theater. So um, I just, I share that, and, and Sheila has a very genuine and sweet and loving and caring heart. That's called fruit. That's fruit. That's the fruit of the Spirit. 
So um, we don't do these things that, like, there's no expectation that any of you, oh, well, if you're spiritual, you look like that. That has nothing to do with this. That, I already told you, God's going to bless you the way he blesses you. But I also wanted you to talk to somebody, hear somebody, so that when you read something like that, it actually makes sense to you. Um, Henry, do you want to share anything, or do you want to do it on another night? You're, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, we're going to start with Ho. <laughs> it's different here. Who <laughs> strong here? I have no idea what's going on here, right here. I the the song Todd was saying it was really hit my heart because God will not relent until He has it all. Yeah. <sighs> There's an intimacy God desire us to have. It's not out of our own. It's out of His heart. That's so much heart He want to own us in a way through His love, and yet He will not violate that freedom mm-hmm. that we have. And He sees that freedom is so precious. Yeah. And therefore, he he want to uh, he want he desires to have us in a way to the extent how much we want him. Mm-hmm. And as we open our hearts to him, whatever he that desires to to be expressed on us. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I would. I would experience and understand that he wants to take it out away those religious mindset or frames or the rigidity I have. I am just like Sheila. <laughs> <sighs> I'm very introverse. And uh, but when I get in touch with God's love. I want him. Because it's like I taste that love. They taste that sweetness. And the more I have, the more I open up whatever he's desiring, whatever he expressions on me. So I can have him more. Ah. And, And... it may not look like that Hollywood romantic <laughs> intimacy, but it definitely, as I, as I grab hold of him, I see the causes he grab a hold of me that create an intimacy that is very unique mm-hmm. and very mm-hmm. powerful in a way. I, I, it's not from me that it's powerful, but having him to be manifest in my life become become a, 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 a channel that his presence can come and to be released. Mm-hmm. And I just say, okay, it's fine. It's fine. It's not about me. It's all about him. Mm-hmm. But it's like having a playfulness of God that, that he want me to to Shell, uh, yell or or whatever he wants. And it's very playful. And as he going through that presence, just like Sheila said, it's like a it's like a thundering goes over me. I, I feel like it's being zapped all the way from top to bottom. But and yeah, like oh the, the I, I really enjoyed Sheila's example. It's like that the antenna going through as we're standing on the ground, a release, mm-hmm. the, the, the thunder mm-hmm. effect will not just stop through me. It will yeah. continue on. Yeah. And the uh, effect is so unlimited. Yeah. We don't know where he goes. Yeah. And, and, and the kingdom, it just, just being released. And, and as, you know, the, the strange things is, or amazing thing is, when I, experience that. I want him more. Mm-hmm. 
Because that released me from religions. Yeah. Released from me from yeah. the fear of men. Yeah. It really doesn't really care. Yeah. And one time I was uh, in uh, uh, Charles' wife's, uh, Tina. Tina's house. And Tina said, uh, there's a website for me that they, they named me as a, 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 a yeller <laughs> in the website. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, that's fine. I'm glad I can be like that. So it, it's, it doesn't bother with me, but it just, it's just, I love to be like that with him. It's, mm-hmm. it's very unique. Mm-hmm. So, so I really bless you, mm-hmm. you know, with or with that, God have that unique experience with you. Mm-hmm. And as you, you know, open your hearts to him, his hearts to you is relentless. He wants to have all of you. Out of your heart. That's good. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to pray for that in just a second here. And uh, I wanted to share with you <clears throat> the expression of Holy Spirit can come in so many different ways. Uh, there are times I've seen people here do the same thing. Um, there are times where here, I've, I've been up at Bethel where I just... God's Spirit so fills the place and fills me that I, I just want to melt into the floor. If I could just ex- describe it that way. Just, like, I don't want to even move. And completely silent. Um, so you can see it's a very different expression, and it's still very much Holy Spirit. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lovingly pick on my brother, Dirk, for a second, because I love him. <clears throat> and um, not just my Christian brother, but my actual brother, uh, blood brother. And uh, but but someone like Dirk, who um, who I've watched over the last many years, suddenly, not suddenly, over time, God just like deposits wisdom through him, and the Father's love through them. He'll, he'll you know someone will get. He'll, people have just said, "Man, when I hug you, the Father is hugging me." That is an expression. All of that. Is an expression of Holy Spirit and more. I could I could just pick so many of you and and start telling stories, because I want you to. And I, what we're saying is, open your heart. Do you want Him? Are you giving Him permission? Are you saying, Lord, whatever you have, Holy Spirit, for me, I want you. That's that's what He's looking for. And the more we do that, the better it gets. The better it gets. The the more uh, joy encounters. Um, yeah. So I wanted to say that ahead of time because I want us just to stop right now. There's just such a sweet presence here. And uh, invite Holy Spirit to be himself with us. Holy Spirit, we invite you. And, we, and just tell him, you know, you've heard stories. Um, stories, what they do is they, they start to do something inside of us to, to make us hunger for something or, or believe that we can have uh, whatever the Lord has for us. But... but um, it just starts to get us to say, yes, Lord. So in your heart, uh, as we're talking about the precious, precious Spirit of God, Holy Spirit, that you would say to Holy Spirit in your own way, yes, yes, I want you. Any way that you want to come, just tell him. Any way that you want to touch me, I want that. I want that. In dreams, in visions. Just talk to him in stillness. Increase my love. <laughs> Increase my joy. Some of you are needing hope. He's the hope bringer. He's your faith. He's everything. Holy Spirit, we want you. We need you. And we invite you right now to linger, to brood. <laughs> The word used in Genesis 1, Holy Spirit brooding, brooding over us. And because of Christ and his death and resurrection, Holy Spirit doesn't just brood over us, but within, within you. Right there, right there, right there.
We want to thank you. Thank you for the ways that you've expressed yourself through us. We've been, we've been asking and we've been wanting more expressions of, of your love, your joy, yourself. And um, we're also wanting to say uh, we're sorry for the times when we've not even understood or perceived how you've been answering our cry, our heart cry. But you're doing it over and over. And we just want you to know that we want you. Can't do any of this without you. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Well, Holy Spirit's going to keep brooding because that's just going to happen. Um, going on. So Peter gets up. <laughs> Peter stood up and with, with the 11 and he raised his voice and uttered the divinely inspired words to them. Judeans and all who live in Jerusalem, know this. Pay attention to my words. Listen up. These people aren't drunk like you think. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. So what is going on? He says, this is that which was spoken about through the prophet Joel. And I'll read that in a moment. This is that. If I could title Peter's sermon after the major outpouring of God's spirit, that would be it. This is that. He's saying to all these, this is mostly almost all Jewish people. They know their scriptures well. They know what the prophet spoke. He's saying, hello, that thing you were waiting for, that's this. This is that thing we were waiting for. It's here. That's what he, this is what his whole, his whole speech is about right now. He's saying, this is it. And he starts to quote from Joel, and he says, and it will come to pass. He's reminding them of the scriptures they know. And it will come to pass in the last days, says God. Why did I highlight? These are my highlights, by the way. In the last days, what Peter is saying is, we're in them. We are now officially in the last days. There was so much in the scriptures and the promises about in the last days, this will happen. In the last days, that will happen. Peter says, we're in those last days. Can you all just say, we're in the last days? So whenever you see scripture, don't be thinking of that as a future thing. We're in them. All the promises for the last days, we're in it. We're living in it. In the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Peter is highlighting this scripture right here and saying he could have picked a lot of them. He picked this one. He says, this is what God said. He, he told us there was going to come a day when he was going to pour out a spirit on all flesh. Now think just for a moment. I know, I know we can't. We can't understand, you know, get in the Jewish mindset. But just for a moment, just think. If you were, if you were the, the chosen people and, and God chose you to shine his light on so that the other nations would see what it looks like for God to favor a people, to, he, to even hear about prophecies that, it, that God's going to pour out a spirit on all flesh, they wouldn't even have a place to put that. It wouldn't even make sense to them. And now it's actually happening. And Peter is saying, this is, this is I'm telling you, this is game-changing. This is complete transformation of everything that they knew and lived. He says, this is that time, this is that now God's Spirit is poured out over all flesh. Let me, let me show you how I read this sometimes in my Bible. I say, I read it this way. I, this is God saying, I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Who's going to do it? God. It is all Him, all His gift, all Him who do, does this. What I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. It is going to happen. I will pour out. Wow. See, this tells me this isn't like little measures, little sprinkles. He's going to be careful. Just a little dash over here. Have you ever been to Niagara Falls? I have. 
There is no end. I can sit mesmerized. I can sit there for hours and just watch gazillions of gallons of water pouring over that thing. Pour out. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. I will pour out my spirit. (laughs) This isn't just any spirit. This is my spirit. I'm pouring out my spirit over all flesh on all flesh. All, all, all. I have to tell you a story here while we're... Okay. It's <laughs> looking at the time. I'm like, okay, here's the story. It's so cool. So we, I was just telling you, we were, we were out uh, about our time when we were out at Hacienda Crossings in front of the movie theater. And there was one day <laughs> when we were out there and we were doing, I don't know, we were giving encouraging words and things. And there was a little group of junior high boys. And they were close enough to hear what we were doing, but, but they, they just thought they would be really, you know, junior high-ish. And, and they would just come over and get a little sass over here and try to, like, kind of ruin what we were doing. They're like, oh, you know, hey, they're like, they're coming over trying to, you know, tease us. Hey, I heard that Jesus, uh, he got high. You know, and I said, no, that's, that's not true, but, but he did get drunk in the spirit. And you should have seen the look. They went, they went from all like this to... What? Oh, yeah. He got drunk in the spirit. It was great. What are you talking about? Oh, oh, you didn't know that? Yeah, you can. Uh, there's, there's this like, there's this high you can have. It's amazing. There's, there's no, you can't even, uh, there's no hangover. Um, it's free. I don't remember all what I said, but they were like leaning in and leaning in like, what are you talking about? Now, by the way, I believe that was a word of wisdom. I really do. When you talk about wisdom, a gift of the Spirit is wisdom, meaning, what do you say in a moment, right in a moment? That was just Holy Spirit inspired. It just came, back, it just came out. And so all of a sudden, they're totally intrigued. And, um, and so then the, the ringleader, you know, the one in charge, he was like, well, I'm like, would you guys like to try it? You try this out? He goes, I will. Okay, come here. So... We're sitting, this is a, we're sitting on one of those concrete slabs, you know, out there. And he's sitting, he's, he's sitting down. I said, all right, you ready? Yeah, okay. All right. I said, uh, come, Holy Spirit. <laughs> this is what happens. He's sitting on the slab, and he's like, whoa. <laughs> and he's starting to lean back. He's like, what is this? <laughs> And then he says, and kid you not, and we, had, we have witnesses. People were there. He was like, you guys, this is better than Bacardi. <laughs> and the next thing you know, he is all the way down flat on the this, on this slab. I didn't push him. I didn't touch him. It was all Holy Spirit. All he said is, you want some? And he's like, sure. So then he's on his back. And, and I, I wasn't trying to make a show of this. I'm not, you know, that's not Jesus. I just, I just knelt down and I said, I, he's laying down here. I said, now this is the spirit of Jesus. I brought Jesus in that way. I said, this is the spirit of Jesus. Do you want him? He was like, yeah. I mean, he's yelling. He is feeling so good. I'm like, okay, okay you know. Jesus, just say, Jesus, I want you. Jesus, I want you. I mean, he was all in. And he, how do you, how do you explain that? Because I'm telling you, well, and then really quick, the end of the story is, as soon as he was done, the next guy, I'm next. They're all like, I'm next. And I think there was five or six of them. It's hard to remember. It's been too many years. About, you know, it was a little group. And all but one, all but one deeply encounter Holy Spirit. And, and with that one, we had a great conversation. I kind of probably know some of the reasons why he wasn't quite ready for that. But 
Isn't that amazing? And this is God pouring out his spirit on all flesh. How do you explain that? Because our little boxes and our little rules about, well, you can't actually encounter the Holy Spirit unless you first accepted Jesus Christ as Savior. And Lord, I'd say, really? Because that's not what happened there. And, I can, and there's a lot. How did any one of us get saved unless it was the Lord himself who came and touched us and did something in here and got us alivened where our wills said yes to him. How did that happen? Because his spirit's been poured out on all flesh. And I'm seeing a lot of nodding here, right? But here's, here's, my, here's the thing. We're nodding because we're all, we've all said, we're all in Christ. We've said yes to Jesus. My question is, can we have the same understanding and mindset with everybody else, everybody that you encounter? Hmm. Because here's what I think. Because here's what I think. I think we have made this way too difficult. I think when God says he's poured out his spirit on all flesh, he means exactly that. And that I think some of the reason why we have not, um, I think some of the reason why we find it hard to um, lead people to Jesus, even talk about Jesus or lead them there, is because we're thinking we've got to somehow convince them, but there's something out here that we need to get them to somehow believe or agree with. What if there was actually something inside of us called the Spirit of God and something inside of them called the Spirit of God, and we were actually catalysts? I'm just going to let you think about it, especially you scientists. We're actually a catalyst, which is a an element used to somehow bring a change to something else while that element doesn't get changed. Hmm. What if it was all way much more of a setup than we ever thought? And which is why we're looking in people and calling out the treasures. We're not, we're not, we're, I, I've seen, um, I've seen many evangelists out on the streets and they'll, they'll hold your hands out, um, would you? They'll come out to somebody on the street and they'll say, oh, you know, do you want to experience God? And they're like, yeah. And they're like, okay, watch this. <laughs> Holy Spirit, come. And they touch them and, and suddenly they're like, whoa, what is that? What's going on? And <laughs> Thank you, Shannon. And so um, what, what if we're not trying to call in something, but we're actually releasing what's already in them? What if it's so easy we've overlooked it? I'm telling you, just that mind shift is, it'll even change how you pray for healing. We're not trying to call something in. Heaven's already in us. Right? (laughs) Seriously, Todd, I'm today. Just today, God rocked me with this because there's a shift that's still going on inside of me. We're all, still, we're all still getting this thing. We're still getting this thing. Like It's way better than we will ever believe. And I'm, yes, all things through Jesus. Don't, don't, don't go and hear me wrong. Like, Check this out. Check out some of these all scriptures. One man's offense brought condemnation on all humanity and one man's good act brought justification and life too. All humanity. God wants everyone to be saved and reach full knowledge of the truth. For there is only one God. There is only one mediator between God and humanity. Himself a human being. Christ Jesus who offered himself as a ransom for Are you getting this? Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. It's all over the place. See, God's he doesn't want to leave anything to chance. He's done everything. That's the only way we walked into this. Were we that brilliant that we would get this without him? No. This was all he's doing. This was all him. He says, i got to have my kids with me. So how could a nation be saved in a day? It's starting to make a lot more sense to me. I'm starting to see it with different eyes. And so what this does to me, because we are the ecclesia, we are the ecclesia. 
Ecclesia is the word for church in Greek. It, it means the assembled ones who carry the authority of Christ to usher his kingdom into this, into this world. We are those people. The church is not a building. It's not a service. It is you and you and you and you and you and you and me. And so when we talk about, we got we to gotta bring God outside of the four walls of the church. I want to ask you, which four walls are you talking about? Because you are the church, which tells me the only walls we have between us and anybody are the ones around our own hearts. And if we will go outside of these walls, if we'll put our walls down and see that every single person is made in the image of God, every single person has already had the Spirit of God poured out on them, they just haven't been activated. There's been no catalyst yet to tell them who they are, but they're aching for it. Which then makes every single one of you and everywhere you go suddenly far more important. There is no outside of... Ministry isn't something you do. You are. Ministry is who you are. It's just who you are. It's not what you do. So don't wait for the church to come up with a ministry so you can participate. You are the church. Everywhere you go. To, your, to the people in, in, your, in your family, your workplace, your schools, the stores, anywhere you go, you are that catalyst agent. That's who you are. So all we're doing, and, and Bill, you just pray for this. Open our eyes, Lord. Open our eyes to see. Open our eyes to see. Give me wisdom. Give me revelation. Just like Sheila prayed. So that we can see what you see. And we're going to start seeing people differently. And you're going to realize this is, we've made this way too difficult. This is why the fields are white for harvest. I had a bunch more, but that was it. This is why. This is why God poured out his spirit. This is it. Can I have the ministry team come on up? And then Sheila and Henry, would you join them? Yeah. Yeah, prayer. Prayer ministry team. And if we, if we want to know, you know, what's our purpose? What was the purpose of the outpouring? Look at John 7, 37 and 38. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and he cried out, If anyone thirsts, we just heard this. Ho, there it is right there. If, <laughs> if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the Spirit has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. This gives us a huge clue. Why were we poured into? To everywhere you go. And, and it, uh, when you overflow, you don't have to think about it. It just happens. And then the very next verse says, by this, Jesus meant the Spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not yet been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified, meaning died and raised. However, we are living in the last days, which means everything about that verse is 100% true today. Wow, do you know who you are? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm wanting, I'm wanting you guys to pray over us. <laughs> Holy Spirit, come. Just let's just invite Him. Holy Spirit, thank you, thank you, thank you, for the Spirit of wisdom and revelation. Holy Spirit, pour out on us wisdom and revelation to know, to know who the Father is, to know who Jesus is, to know who Holy Spirit is. To know who we are as carriers of his glory. Oh. Oh. And you know, this isn't about having a person lay hands on you. It's about having him touch you, if you want him to touch you. And just because you ask him to touch you, it doesn't have to look like it looks like on me or Henry 
or anybody else. Oh. oh, because like I said, it's intimate and personal between oh. you. And oh. So just open up your heart and your minds. If you want him to touch you, let him choose how he does it. So Holy Spirit, release your presence, your touch to each person in a way they'll know it's you, wherever they need to be touched right now. If it's healing in their hearts, then do it. Oh, oh. If it's renewing of their minds, then do that. If it's touching them in a physical way, then do that. If it's opening their eyes to see in the spirit, do that. But whatever it is, how, how, let them make sure that they know it's you. It's you that's, how coming to them to receive. Thank you, Lord. To you be all the praise and glory. Yeah, forever.